Hi, this is Jim Brangenberg, the host of the I Work For Him radio show. Thanks for listening to the I Work For Him podcast, where we discuss our workplace as our mission field. The live version of our show can be heard each weekday afternoon at 3 p.m. Eastern on AM 570 and 910 WTBN, locally in the Tampa Bay area, and worldwide on the web at letstalkfaith.com or iHeartRadio. Our website, iWorkForHim.com, has great resources on how you can learn about how your workplace can be your mission field. And also check out the sponsors that bring you the radio show each and every day. And while you're there on I Work For Him, click on the I Work For Him Nation flag and prayerfully consider joining the I Work For Him Nation. Join thousands around the globe praying for their coworkers and employees by name each and every day. That's IWorkForHim.com, IWork, the number four, Him.com. Remember, your workplace is your mission field, and in that mission field, you may be the only Jesus your coworkers and employees may ever meet. Thanks again for listening. I hope this broadcast will make an impact on your life so that you'll never look at your workplace the same again. Let's get to today's show. You've tuned into the fastest one hour, and Martha wants me to change that. The fastest and most impactful one hour in Christian talk radio. I'm not sure I can add all that, Martha. We'll have to work on it. All right, we have to work on that one. Hey, super big thanks go out to Ace Andrews. He'll be engineering the show today. Hey, take a moment if you would and go out to iWorkForHim.com. Join when you get out to iWorkForHim.com, the, the flag will jump up in front of you and say, join the iWorkForHim nation. This isn't so that you'll get a free bumper sticker, although you will get a window sticker. This is so that you will make the commitment to start praying for the people that you work alongside each and every day. Why? Because prayer changes things, and it starts with your own heart. Looking for ways to serve people and befriend people is just part of what we do as Christ followers in our workplace. But when we do it with intentionality, people's lives are impacted. And then when we look for ways to pray with people, when we notice they're just having a rough day, that's when hearts start to melt before the Lord. All along, it doesn't matter what you do. When you do your work with excellence, you bring glory to the Lord Almighty, our God Almighty, the Lord of heaven and earth. When we do our work with excellence, He is glorified. And that's what it means to be a follower of Christ. All of those things put into action in the workplace. It doesn't matter what you do, whether you're digging ditches, selling used cars, you're an attorney or the President of the United States, when we can do those things with our hearts, lives of, the lives of those around us will be impacted. And how cool would it be if the President of the United States would do that? That would be awesome. But it does take a paradigm shift in our minds to operate like a Christ follower. It just to follow Jesus takes a paradigm shift because in order to live, you must die. That's just really, that's a little rough for some people just to understand that and to understand that in order to get the most incredible gift, you have to give nothing. All you have to do is be willing to die. Romans 12, 2 says this, don't copy the behaviors and customs of this world, but let God transform, transform you into a new person by changing the way you think. Every day, the world challenges us to think the way they think. But our Heavenly Father says, no, 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 no. I want to transform you into a new person and change the way you think. You know, a lot of us think that there's, you know, we're just unredeemable. We're unrestorable. That God, there's just, it's just too late for God in our lives. There's just no, there's just no hope for us. We're just too far gone. It's all right for you, but for me, I'm just too far gone. But I'll tell you what, that's never true never hey martha there's something i can say never about that's true it's never true and it's always true that you are redeemable that your heavenly father has already paid the price for you by jesus dying on the cross and he is ready and willing and available to restore you and we've got two incredible people in studio today to talk about the restoration process that they're that's underway in their lives we've got the national winners of the nehemiah project 
business plan competition in studio with us today. If you listened to us about eight weeks ago, we highlighted the internet or the national competition, business plan competition, and the winners of this year for 2016 for the Nehemiah Project's business plan competition were Dean and Jane Blankenship. They own a business called Hosanna Building Contractors out of Orlando. HosannaBC.com, HosannaBC.com. And we had them on the air for about five or six minutes, and I said, hey, let's do a whole show talking about the, your story. These two go up on an international competition on the 30th of September with the Nehemiah Project to compete with their business plan internationally against people coming in from all over the world. And that's going to happen in Orlando on the 30th of September. If you want to find out more, just go out to nehemiahproject.org, nehemiahproject.org. Dean and Jane, welcome to I Work For Him. Thank you. Thank you. So let's just start up ladies first. Jane, let's just talk about, you know, I love seeing how my Heavenly Father just gets involved in the intimate details of our lives. Can you give an example recently how you noticed the Lord caring about those finite details in your own story? Well, I can. A couple of weeks ago, I'm on a Saturday morning prayer uh, with my church, and I remember, um, you know, you even uh, at this age, you have doubts where um, God is listening to you, or do you hear Him? That's been one of my biggest struggles. And so during this prayer time, I thought, I said, Lord, if, if you want me to speak out about what you're, the thought you're giving me, then have so-and-so or have somebody speak about David, because that's what we were talking about when mm. kind of in, the, in uh, that time frame. And sure enough, somebody did. You know, spoke exactly what I asked the Lord to confirm whether or not I was supposed to uh, pray out. Wow. That's cool. And and that's what when we start to realize that the Lord, he does care about those intimate details of our lives. And we we just so get messed up by thinking that he doesn't care, but he really does. Mm -hmm. Dean Blankenship, you've got to come. You and Jane run Hosanna Building Contractors. How have you noticed the Lord getting involved in the intimate details of your life recently? Well, I can give you an example. Just a couple of weeks ago, I was talking with a um, uh, one of our cabinet contractors, and he was driving to Jacksonville. I just found out a friend of him of his had a um, stage four cancer, and um, he was rushing up to be by his his this friend of his. And um, this particular gentleman, neither one of them are believers, um, but I just uh, you know I just began to talk to him about his friend and. Um, Asked him what his name was. Asked him if you know if I could pray for him, and um, you know, and such on, and so on. And you know, I asked him, okay, well, you know, when you get back, when everything's okay, give me a call, and we'll talk about business. Um, about two weeks later, he called me, and uh, he says, Dean, I want you to know that that impacted my life in an amazing way. Oh. He says every other contractor just wanted to know. When are you going to be back, and when are you going to have my job done? Mm-hmm. we got lots more coming up right here on I Work For Him with our guests today, Dean and Jane Blankenship with Hosanna Building Contractors, found online at HosannaBC.com. We first heard about Dean and Jane because they were competing in the Nehemiah Project National, Com- National Business Plan Competition, and we highlighted them on the show as they were one of the final three competitors, and they ended up winning. And they're going to compete in the International Business Plan Competition with the Nehemiah Project coming up in Orlando the 30th of September. And I wanted you guys to hear their story because they're from right here in Florida and their story is amazing. And I'm just hoping that when you listen to this today, it will drive you deep into your faith because when you hear what they have to say, you're going to go, wow, okay, 
I've limited the Lord, and I've I've said, well, there's no way that could ever happen in my life, and you're going to hear what the Lord has done in these guys' lives, and you're going to go, okay, anything is possible. I want to thank you for tuning in today. Whether you're listening live on the radio, or maybe you're listening on iTunes or iHeartRadio, or maybe you're listening to the podcast on iTunes, however you're listening today, we just pray that something you hear today will drive you deeper into your faith and in recognizing that your workplace is your mission field. Because we've got two people involved in general contracting, I picked out this verse for Dean and Jane today, Psalm 127.1. Unless the Lord builds this house, those who build it labor in vain. And that's really describes so many things in our lives. But why bother? If the Lord's not at the center of it, why bother doing it? I mean, it's just like the Lord said, Moses, go ahead, take them, take the Israelites, go on into Israel. I'm just going to stay right here in the desert. And Moses goes, hey, I'd rather stay in the desert with you, Lord, than go into the promised land without you. What's the point? Dean, you've got quite a testimony. And you were sharing right before the break how you were able to speak into somebody just by praying for a guy who's friend uh, found out that he had stage four cancer and he was going to be gone for a little while. And you prayed with the guy and the guy called you back and said, what? Uh, he just wanted to thank me that, um, you know, I was the only person that he talked to during that whole time that cared about uh, anything but them getting his work done. And, you know, the construction business is a bottom line business. Mm-hmm. Um, there's not a lot of compassion. There's not a lot of caring. It's a dog eat dog world. And um, uh, we don't believe that. Um, you know, we believe in completing, not competing. Right. So talk to me. How did you first get involved in the general contracting world? Well, uh, you know, my brother, brother-in-law were both carpenters. Uh, at the young age of 14, I started going out working in the summers until I finally quit school and uh, framing and building houses. And Was um, that here in Florida? That was here in Florida. That was in Orlando, Florida. Um, both of them were very heavy into drugs and alcohol, which uh, uh, you know led me down the other path uh, that I that I started on that that bad path. And so that's who introduced you to drugs was your brothers. Uh, it was. I smoked marijuana at the age of nine years old for the first time with my brother. Hmm. Wow. So you learned to be a building contractor before you really, I mean, long before you met the Lord. I mean, you, you got those skills. Yet, as you talk about your story on how, how the Lord, I mean, how did you become a Christ follower? Because you started off doing drugs as an elementary kid. Mm-hmm. You, you learn how to be a general contractor. You learn how to be a carpenter first and move into general car- contracting. How did the Lord grab hold of your life? Well, after finally getting caught uh, in my theft to... Uh, cover my $700 a day crack cocaine habit. Mm. Um, I woke up in jail one morning, found out that my father had passed away the night before and um, just cried out to God. And uh, I said, okay, if you're real, let's do something. If you're not, take me now. I'm done. And, um, you know, it's funny. uh, God did some crazy miracles, rescued me from a 12-year prison sentence, uh, sentenced me to a faith-based uh, drug rehabilitation center. Which one was that? Uh, it's called Total Freedom in Okoy. Um, we, we used to joke that uh, God sentenced me to the presence of God. Wow. Um, the judge <laughs> sentenced me to the presence of God. Mm-hmm. And um, uh, some crazy things happened. Within a few years, I was making quadruple the amount of money I'd ever made in my life. I was able to pay off over $60,000 in restitution, $30,000 in hospital bills, back child support. Um, 
uh, you know, all of the classes, all of these things that go along with that. And um, I was able to um, earn dignity. And, um, you know, when I went for my building contractor's license, they had to acknowledge um, what, what I had accomplished through my relationship with the Lord. So you're, I mean, I just did the calculation. You said $700 a day drug habit. And of course, I'm a numbers guy. That was 200, you had a $255,000 a year drug habit. Yes. That, that's, a, that's a staggering number. People are going, wow, I could live on a lot less than that. So through that process, though, the Lord, you you destroyed a couple of marriages along the way, correct? Uh, yes. Yes, that and a whole lot more. I uh uh, really made you know my my uh, life for my parents a, a very very difficult process in the last seven or eight years of their life and uh, unfortunately my dad never got to to see uh, my redemption uh, my mom's still alive and uh, she's uh, she's a very happy woman and um, uh, very proud and uh, she has uh, witnessed what God can do how did you meet Jane well, you know what? Um, we had this mutual friend who is a very uh, prayerful person, and uh, she just sensed uh, for a while that the Lord was telling her to introduce us. So um, doing it the right way, she came to each of us separately, and she says, hey, I think God wants you to meet this person. Hey, I want you to think. I think God wants you to meet this person. <laughs> what do you all think? Pray about it. So we both prayed about it. Um, that was in March of 07. And um, we said, okay, let's give it a try. And uh, we went out uh, for on a quadruple date that night, a double date. And um, we've been inseparable since. Uh, we were married in October of 07. Jane wants to add a little color to that story. <laughs> Actually, we had lunch together with our friend, the three of us, and then went, he he uh, was led to go to dinner that same night. So then, yeah, so we did lunch and dinner the same day. We're talking today with Dean and Jane Blankenship. They own a business called Hosanna Building Contractors. You can find out more about them online at hosannabc.com. I heard their testimony. I've read their testimony in the 210 Magazine. I've heard a little bit of their testimony from their website and from what the little they shared on the last Nehemiah Project uh, show that we did highlighting their business plan competition. And I wanted you guys to hear more of their story because one of the things that I know is that it's never too late. Nobody is ever too far gone to, to be rescued and redeemed by Jesus Christ. And that's the good news. The good news is there is nobody you work alongside that's too far gone to for Jesus to rescue. And, and Dean, in your life, most people would have looked at you and said, no way. Just go to uh, look up the mugshots in Seminole County, and you'll see one of me there that's still there. And... Um, uh, it's it's you know it's a, a picture's worth a thousand words. Yeah. So Jane, you you got set up to go out with this guy. Did you do any background <laughs> research on him before before you started dating him? Well, I knew uh, the friend, our mutual friend. I knew uh, how she knew Dean through this ministry that she was involved in and that he uh, spoke of earlier. Um, and I was at that point in my life where I was praying about everything. And um, and I did not trust uh, my ability to make the right decisions, especially where a man was concerned. Um, so I was just led and, and I said, you know, it, the old me would have said, no, I'm not having anything to do with a 
convict, drug addict, forget it. I'm not even going to meet him. But, um, you know, the Lord just gave me a peace right from the beginning as we prayed about it. And each step of the way, because Dean was very mindful to ensure that our courting or our getting to know one another was biblical. Um, and to maintain that um, honor of both of our relationship and of me. Um, so, you know, as we continued to go through, you know, the dating process, getting to know each other, and we, he, you know, we prayed and just stayed in there. And, and I would fight with God and say, you know what, if this is not for me, then take the emotions out of it, take the feelings out of it. And, I um, mean, you know, he just kept conser- confirming himself. Hmm. So... You know, I I love that story because you're relying on the Lord, and Dean is totally outside of the box of what you were thinking <laughs> yes. thinking of her husband. How did you first come to be a Christ follower? Um, well, I grew up in the church. I was raised by my father, and he, you know, we went to church as a you know a normal. It was normal for us. And I, at going to youth group as a teenager, that's where I found the Lord. Was that here in Florida? Mm-hmm. In Orlando, I grew up in Orlando. Um, but as you know, a lot of us who grow up in the church, when you get out on your own, you, you kind of you're walking that fence. And I feel this tug the whole time uh, of my adult life. You know, God tugging me over here. Hey, do you remember how you were raised? And you remember what my word says? And then you have real life and your desires and your self-centeredness that's pulling you over here. So, but in each uh, you know challenging time that comes up in your life, you always kind of go back to your center. And He was that. Uh, God was that. So I was able to, through many, many challenges and, you know, one failed marriage myself, uh, really begin to fully trust the Lord. Hmm. That's fantastic. So I'd like to just hear both of you have mentioned talking about praying and that being a um, important thing to both of you individually. How has that been incorporated into your marriage? Because I think that's important for our listeners to hear as something, you know, a challenge for them. Mm-hmm. Can I help? Can I answer that sure. first? When um, my, my first marriage was not based on a relationship with the Lord, and I remember um, Dean and I, you know, got married in October of 2007. Went on our honeymoon, came back ready to go to work, and the first day we went to work, um, you know, before I even left the house, he says, "Wait a minute, we we got to pray before." You leave before Mm -hmm. we go to work. So that is something that we have implemented, you know, in our relationship, in our life, uh, that we spend that quality time with the Lord every single day, no matter what's going on, no matter what time we get up or have to get up to leave the house. Mm -hmm. We always uh, plan time for the Lord. (laughs) Dean, talk. I mean, you led a pretty rough life. Uh, You stretched out your rope as long as you could go before you got to the end of your rope. What is really the moral of your story? Well, I think the moral of our story, of my story is you don't have to go to the very end of that rope, okay? Hmm. You, anybody on the other end of this um, radio listening, um, you felt God's tug. Um, you may have felt his tap on your shoulder. You may have felt him slap you in the back of the head. Um he had me down on the ground and was choking me. So, just trying to get your attention. Let's put that in perspective. Yeah, he was yeah, trying to get your attention. Uh, oh, yeah. The two by four hadn't worked. The chisel to the head hadn't worked. And so he was uh, trying to choke the air out of you. So you would just finally said, you finally Amen. say, Uncle. Amen. So finally, I came to the end of myself. And um, 
you know, unfortunately, it, it took a, a very long, dark, dirty, nasty road that drug a lot of people through the pit. Um, you know, the beautiful thing about the redemption of Christ and the blood of Jesus is that while I have tons and tons of regrets, I carry no shame and I carry no guilt today. Mm. And that's only possible through the blood of Christ. So um, my encouragement to you out there is don't go any further. Let today be your rock bottom and start ascending and climbing the mountain that God has for you. Is it going to be easy? No. But let me tell you something. It is worth it, and um, um, you'll impact people for eternity, and there's no better feeling. Your story is really one of those ones that's just a reminder that it's never too late and nobody is ever too far gone. That are, I mean, if everybody, if somebody was too far gone, then Paul the Apostle, who was murdering Christians, he would have been the guy at the really too far gone. All right, there's a guy that now he's killing people who follow Jesus. But nobody's too far gone. Nobody is beyond the redeeming grace of Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Amen. And, and, and that's powerful. But Jane, that still had to stretch you a little bit when you start dating a guy. You're like, well, but Lord, you had to ask some questions. Well, I did have lengthy conversations with the Lord <laughs> um, and with my family who. Uh, oh, yeah, they probably thought you were totally me. psycho. Yeah. yeah. But, um, you know, there again, uh, going through the prayer and, and really seeking the Lord and, and um, this whole relationship, there are things that I didn't even realize I was missing in my first relationship, things I was looking for, like that just un deniable ability to trust someone Mm -hmm. and god has met that desire of my heart in dean because as much as he was a hundred percent uh going down the wrong path when he found the lord he is going a hundred percent towards god and for god Mm -hmm. and the um you hear people speak about you know there's three people in a marriage you your spouse and god and that God comes first, and that's something that Dean has always lived. There's never, and I and I don't use that term lightly. There's never been a time when I have not trusted Dean, or when I have uh, uh, suspected that he's not being truthful with me. And uh, you know, God confirmed Himself multiple times during my time of getting to know Dean. But I remember this one time when. I'm driving down the road and I'm like, Lord, I, you know, there again, having this conversation, if I'm not supposed to be in this relationship, if we're not supposed to be together, you need to show yourself and you need to make sure that I'm not making a stupid mistake. And right then and there, Dean calls me. And to me, that was God saying, it's, I got you. Wow. This is the one. And other times when I would call him and he was working for a construction company when I met him. And when I would phone, when I would call him, and I'm used to you know, getting to send a voicemail if someone's busy or something mm-hmm. like that, he would be meeting with his boss, and he would take the time and say, "Hey, honey, I'm in a meeting. Can I call you right back?" Just that little putting me in that position in his life spoke volumes to me, and that Powerful. confirmed mm-hmm. for me. Mm-hmm. That's pretty cool. Now you guys got married. You said in October of 2007. Mm-hmm. Yes. So, what year did you start Hosanna Building Contractors? Uh, 2008. Wait a minute, wait, 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 wait. You started a... First of all, I'd like to thank Kathleen from Palm Harbor for listening to I Work For Him and for calling in and getting a copy of the book, Messed Up Men of the Bible. Kathleen, have a good time with that one. Make sure you share it around. 
All right, so you're tell the, the did the Lord tell you to start this business? He did. All right, wait, 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 wait. Okay, wait. So the Lord tells you to start a general contracting business in what time of 2008? March of 2008. Okay, so six months before the biggest construction crash ever since the Great Depression, the Lord tells you to start a general contracting job. Yes. <laughs> Only the Lord could do something like that because literally anybody else who wasn't a Christ follower, if they started a business in, in March of 2008 to do building, they would have been so bankrupt, it, they, they wouldn't, you wouldn't even hear about them anymore. Because I was in the general contracting world then, working for a general contractor, and when that world imploded, it imploded so bad, it sucked up all of the cash worldwide. There was no money available for building in, yes. in, by, by the time you got to March of 2009. Yes. So, what, was the Lord mad at you? Is that why he had you start this business? Or what? <laughs> no, because he loves me, and he wanted to show himself mighty through me. Well, I, what would If I had come to you and said, honey, I think we should start a general contracting business, not uh, maybe any kind of business, in March of 2008, what would you have said? Well, I probably, if, I mean, there's a lot of things going through my head right now, but the thing is, is I'd love to hear about how how you heard that voice that said that this is what you should do, and the fact that you walked in obedience yeah because on the beach housing had stalled out starting in january of 06 i mean nothing was selling at all over on the beach at all and and so people already knew they were already sniffing out hey things are something smells bad yeah Mm -hmm. so for the lord to tell you that let's hear that story let's let's hear the story of hosanna building contractors okay well you know keep keep in mind i i really uh i didn't study economics and i didn't know really how bad things were but i knew god put it on my heart to do this and you know there's a few things that i think people need to understand that are involved in this first of all you don't just go get a contractor's license okay oh, no the first, thing, Florida, you, you first thing you do is you fill out an application and um you go take a test you pat you fill out the application you take the test and then um, it, the the test goes through to the board, uh, construction industry licensing board, and if you're approved, you get your license. Wait, wait, you downplayed the test. I've seen the general contracting books that you need to study in order to take the test. They are over three feet tall. Right. The books are amazing. And I mean, well over two thousand dollars. Yeah, I mean, it's, it is no small it's investment. An investment in, in time. I, my my brother-in-law, when he took the Florida building contractors license test, went through an entire pack of highlighters. There were so many books. But here, here's what you really need to understand, is that the application process has to be done before you get the opportunity to take the test. Okay, now, the application process is so complicated, there are businesses, or at the time there were businesses that were set up just to help you fill out the application. Wow. So as I began to call these different businesses, they would say, Dean, you're wasting your time you're a 17-time convicted felon. 17-time convicted felons do not get contractor's licenses in the state of Florida. <laughs> I said, well, why don't you just take my money, help me fill this out, and we'll let God be the judge of that. So we did. One of the questions on the application says, have you ever been arrested? And if the answer is yes, please explain. Add additional paper if necessary. <laughs> 
<laughs> I had no idea how many times I had actually been arrested. So me and my newlywed. <laughs> so, Jane, you didn't know all those times either? No. So this no, is a learning experience for both she of know if I didn't know? Yeah, so, that's true. So we sent off to the Department of law, Florida Law Enforcement, and we bought a printout. Uh, turned out that I'd been arrested 27 times. So we filled out the application, um, sent in a book, you know, if you, you know, some, for those of you that remember what a phone book looks like, mm-hmm. this one was about the size of the one for Orlando back in the day, sent it in, ended up going before the board. Um, I can, uh, I'll never forget the, the silence as these um, uh, commissioners, uh, my peers, other contractors, uh, lawyers and consumers are scrolling down, hitting the page down button, and I'm looking around this room, and it's silence, and these looks of fear and awe are coming <laughs> over everybody's faces. And finally, the chair lady looks up at me, and she says, Mr. Blankenship, can you please explain to me how I could possibly allow you to walk into somebody's house and negotiate a contract with them? And Which was the question you wanted them to ask. Exactly. And I said, ma'am, that person that did that does not exist anymore. And, you know, by now I had five years of credentials. I'd paid off all the restitution. I had letters from my probation officers. I had letters from prominent businessmen. I had, um, you know, paid off all my child support. I'd settled a um, uh, uh, $83,000 IRS uh, uh, deficit that I'd owned. And um, God had placed an advocate in that room. There was one gentleman sitting about three feet to my left, turning four, four colors of purple and blue, and he kept raising his hand. He wanted to talk. There was one man sitting right next to the chair lady who kept looking over at the chair lady and tapping on him. He says, you know, we might. I don't know that we can't really give him a chance. I, I think we should give him a chance. And this guy over here right beside me that's raising his hands, they never let him talk. So they put me on four years probation, which I, by the way, I'd just gotten off of probation about six months earlier. (laughs) And they put me on four years of probation. And what that means is, is you bring in your books um, and your bank account every six months and you get scrutinized to the T. And we did that for two two, two years and we got off of... Uh, probation two years early, and, and they mm-hmm. so you had to bring and you probably had to pay them to scrutinize you too. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah, yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. They didn't do that yeah. for free. You had to pay them yeah. to scrutinize you. Yeah. So that's a miracle. But you got to share what Christ did in your life. I did. So Jane, were you in that hearing? I was. So what did you think your chances were when you went into that hearing? I thought they were they were good. They were very good chances because our uh, there again my trust wasn't in him or or the board. If the mm-hmm. Lord called us to it, he was going to make a way. Mm-hmm. So you've started this business called Hosanna Building Contractors. You know you had seen you'd worked under a lot of other general contractors, so you'd seen not how to do it. Yep. You, you'd you'd <laughs> seen a lot of demonstrations on ways that this is not how you honor the Lord with a building contracting license. 
How has it impacted? First of all, what, what kind of work do you guys do? What kind of work does Hosanna Building Contractors do? Well, you know, we do a little bit of everything. Because of when we started, we had to learn to be very versatile. So we do anything from going in and remodeling a, a kitchen or knocking a hole in, in your wall and putting a door in uh, to right now we're building a ground-up uh, $700,000 mattress one building. So we do it from A to Z. And, um, uh, you know, we we uh, we just operate in integrity. Um, uh, people love us because they know if we tell them we're going to do something, we're going to do everything in our power to do it. And if we can't do it, they're not going to get a phone call with some made up lie or excuse. They're going to get a phone call saying, "Hey." This is why we couldn't make it today. So you're saying, as a general contractor here in Florida, that if you tell somebody it's a six-month building schedule, you're actually going to kind of come close to that? Oh, I'm actually going to come in in probably five or five and a half months. Because that seems to be something that in the Midwest, we grew up where we grew up, people say, hey, you can build a house in 90 days down here. 90 days? We can't even get the foundation in in 90 <laughs> days. Like, I don't, even, I don't know how it takes so long to build anything in Florida, but it's like they work backwards. I, I don't know what it is. All right. So, Jane, you're, Dean's playing with all the construction stuff, but you're dealing with the really hard stuff, human resources, <laughs> IT, and finances. I mean, you're, you're I mean, paying subs and managing all the money, the cash flow. Understanding, had you done that stuff for other people before you and Dean went into business together? No. So what was your background? Uh, I worked for Darden Restaurants. Okay. So Olive Garden, assistant. those, mm-hmm. okay. Mm-hmm. So had you worked in the operations side of those businesses? Or? No, I worked for the corporate office, but I worked in areas like um, I started in the accounting area. And in fact, when I chose to go to college, uh, my goal then, or my desire was to be an accountant. Um, that didn't last long. And uh, so I, I married and went to work full time. Um, and then so in my time at Darden Restaurants, I was in the accounting area, went in human resources. Um, and I've always been uh, kind of tech savvy so I can uh, fix a printer, figure out what's going on with a program. Mm-hmm. And um, so that, that came pretty natural. When you look at, okay, Dean described, okay, listen, we're driven by integrity. When we tell you we're going to do something, we're going to do it. And if we can't, we're going to give you an honest reason why we can't. But you're dealing with the behind the scenes stuff, stuff that a lot of people don't see. Paying your bills, getting your receivables, hiring, firing, uh, dealing with finances, dealing with computers, which are frustrating. How does your faith impact the stuff that you do on a day-to-day basis? Oh, my goodness. Well, when you're in the finance department for a construction company and you're dealing with cash flow or lack thereof Mm -hmm. your trust has got to be in the lord because it can't be in the numbers (laughs) because you wonder why are we still open or why is this going on or why is this happening but um you know uh, when dean was sharing how we started the business i didn't come on board until 2009 um and i started doing the books at that point um, and just I, I look back at our time when we first opened and I realize how much God used that time and, and my not knowing or, you know, us being uncertain about what was happening at that point to really grow and develop our our trust and relationship with him. Because our business in the natural is to make money and to survive and to provide work for those who need it. But God uses it for much more than just that. And it it starts with us, to be quite honest with you, because I have to grow my relationship with him and Dean has to grow his relationship with God. And it's how we model that 
and it, which is how we impact our human resources, our staff. Mm-hmm. Um, when we interview, um, you know, I, I have our mission, our vision, and our core values printed out. And I always have um, our em- potential employees to review that prior to me even talking to them. Um, I, when I advertise, I, I said, you know, we are a company uh, built and run on biblical principles because um, that puts us out there. That puts me out there so that when we when I'm talking to the potential candidate, uh, you know, they know what we're about right off, off the bat. Right. That's that's so valuable because they are they're either going to be attracted to that or repelled from that. But that's kind of a that's a, a filter. Mm-hmm. And um, at least they know where you stand and it holds you to that higher responsibility, too. Mm-hmm. So if you um, maybe are tempted to say something, you know, that goes against that, they're going to know. Right. And, and that wouldn't sit well with them as well. So yeah. that's great. So you don't just hire Christians then you've got some non-Christians working for you, some pre-Christians working for you. Yes. How yeah. o- I like calling pre-Christians. I like mm-hmm. How often do you get a chance to just share what the Lord is doing in your heart with your the people that work with you? Um, we have we try to have staff meetings once a week. You know, every day um, we have a prayer call with our staff. We have a conference call. Do um, so you have staff so spread out all over the place? Wherever they're working, if they're traveling, then at 8 o'clock we have a conference number that we call in. That gives us an opportunity to really put the Lord where he needs to be in our day because as things go on and challenges come up and it's easy to get caught up in that. Mm-hmm. But we like to remind ourselves and our staff that it's God that's going to make a way. And, you know, no matter what happens, we're going to get through it and God's going to make a way. And if it doesn't happen, it doesn't happen. It's got to be fun. Some of those phone calls when, when it's, when the people in the field start to see the Lord working in their lives, mm-hmm. then they're like, wow, this Jesus thing's real. And we're running out of time. But Dean, just a quick question. You said you destroyed a couple of marriages during your your drug years before you came to Christ. You had children in those previous marriages. Have you been able to redeem and restore those relationships with your kids? Yes. After deserting my children, um, I did a lot of damage right after I got saved because I tried to shove the Bible down their throat. You were so excited. I quickly learned that I had to back off, and the only person that could heal those relationships was God. Mm. So I just stepped back. I became the light when I had the opportunity, and God did it, and I have incredible relationships with all of my children now. There's still today, to, to this date, some healing going on. Oh, sure. But my daughter works for me. My One of my sons works for me. Um, two of my daughters live with me. So uh, it's incredible. We have a wonderful relationship, and only God could do it. And any of them following Christ now? Uh, yes. That's awesome. Yes. Jane, you had one thing I asked you. Hey, if, what, if there's one thing you could get across today to the, the listening audience, what is that one thing? That God is real. Make him real. If he's not real, if, you don't, if, it doesn't, if he doesn't feel real to you, um, get, get in the Word. Make him real. Make, you know, if you have to put a picture of something in front of you, he is so real and he cares about every detail of your life. Talk to me about who is the perfect client for Hosanna Building Contractors. Here's your commercial time right here. My commercial time. Um, We are licensed in Florida and Georgia and uh, as a construction building uh, certified building contractor, we're licensed up to three stories. So, um, you know, anybody who desires to have work done that falls within those realms is a perfect client. Dean, you guys are working really hard to keep your marriage strong. 
What are, what are a couple of things that you guys do intentionally to make sure your marriage is strong each and every day? We just keep God first. Um, by doing what? Um, by seeking Him whenever I have a problem with her or she has a problem with me. We recognize, um, I know that God has told me many times, Dean, you can't fix her, and it's probably not her anyway. It's probably <laughs> you. So turn, you know, to look in the mirror, figure out what you can do better um, to love your life, uh, love your wife the way Christ loved you, and l- you know, let, let her worry about her relationship with the Lord and whatever it is you think she's doing wrong. Jane, are you guys praying together? Yes. How often do you guys get to pray together in a day? Every day. Awesome. Every do you guys do Bible study together? Do you guys study your, the scriptures together? Or do you do it separately together? What do you guys do? We typically do it separately. Um, we have some of the same devotionals that we do. Um, but from time to time, you know, I'll say, read read this. Or she'll hand something over to me and she'll say, read this. And, um you know, we're, we're both pretty well versed in the word. And, um, uh, you know, um, I think God speaks to us now. We're so well versed with the, the word through circumstances as much as he does through the word. Mm. Dean and Jane Blankenship with Hosanna Building Contractors. Thanks so much for being on I Work For Him today. Thank, Thank you. you. As we come to the end of another I Work For Him show, I just want to thank you for tuning in today. I'm hoping you heard something today that will cause you to dive deeper into your faith. You heard some amazing stories of God's work in Dean and Jane's life. God is capable of doing that same work in your own life and the lives of those you work alongside each and every day. There is an epic battle out there going on for the souls of our coworkers and employees, and the enemy takes it very seriously. Do you? Are you praying for the people that you work alongside? Join the I Work For Him Nation and join thousands across the globe that are doing the same thing. You've been listening to I Work For Him with your host, Jim and Martha Brangenberg. We're Christ followers. We own our own business, but ultimately, I, I work, work for him. him.